Hey everyone, back again. Today I'm going to talk about Baudrillard's perspective on the film Apocalypse Now and as well by extension the Vietnam War. Now before jumping into that, if you want to follow me anywhere other than here, you can find me on Instagram at theory underscore and underscore philosophy if you want to see mostly pictures of my cats or on Twitter at David Guineau. If you're new here, welcome. Uh, I'm David. I try to explain philosophical texts in a way that makes them accessible to you. So if you're new, like, share, subscribe, leave a comment. I'd love to hear from you. If you aren't new, be sure to like, share, subscribe as well. It helps me out a lot. If you want to help me out monetarily, you can do that via Patreon or PayPal, but obviously no pressure. If you found this on YouTube, you'll be able to find it in podcast form pretty much anywhere where you get podcasts where there shouldn't be any ads. Or if you found this in podcast form, you'll be able to find it on YouTube if you want the video as well. But, you know, it doesn't really add much, but anyways, it's there. So let's get into Apocalypse Now. Now, I'm going to do this in two parts, that is this single episode in two parts, where at first I'm going to discuss Baudrillard's interpretation of the film, more generally in terms of its production and its form, and then I'm going to talk more about the specific content of the film and how the specific content of the film also speaks to some of Baudrillard's theories regarding globalized order, at least the imposition of that order. So in order to, be, to begin, we have to look at simulacra and simulation. That is one of the chapters in which he discusses Apocalypse Now. Now in that chapter, he begins to discuss the way in which the film, in some sense, mirrors the reality of the situation, the Vietnam War. And what does he mean by that? Well, he says that the Vietnam War was an egregious display of American military and technological prowess. And in much the same way, the way that the film Apocalypse Now was made was through the same kind of egregious display of technological and in some cases military might, where film made an almost exaggerated use of military technology and demonstrating its, its pure power in the destruction of villages depicted in the film and the napalming of the Vietnamese jungle, or the Vietnam jungle, that was just completely egregious, but in any case that is what we we have here. And so in that way, in terms of both the presentation and the actual like kind of substance of it, the Vietnam War and the film Apocalypse Now mirrored one another in both their kind of extreme displays of military and technological might. Now in terms of the absolute failure of both, there are these other kind of indicators that they resemble each other as well, in that the film Apocalypse Now is marred by many uh, issues in its production, and there's a whole documentary on it called Hearts of Darkness that I think many of you would find interesting, but in any case, so too, the Vietnam War was just a colossal failure. At the end of the day, the Americans were able to come out with the film in a much more uh, substantial way than they were to actually come out of the Vietnam War. Now, I want to put a little asterisk on this and say that while it might appear that the United States did not win the Vietnam War. In many cases for Baudrillard, they won something else. And I'm gonna get into that in a moment. But in terms of the Americans believing that they had lost the Vietnam War, the film served an instrumental function. That is, it gave them something that they could celebrate. They could celebrate the power of the American Hollywood machine in producing a film of such magnitude that would put American uh, foreign policy essentially on display in a way that could be celebrated as something that is ultimately going to be fighting for good, even if it means fighting against itself. So for those that aren't necessarily familiar with the content of the film, it follows the journey of a young captain, Captain Willard, 
through the Vietnam jungle into Cambodia, I believe, to track down and kill a fellow American soldier who has gone rogue. So the whole point is of following these American uh, military personnel searching for one of their own to essentially take them out because they've gone rogue, they've started their own kind of colony, enslaving, I believe it was Cambodian people and Laosian people as well, and I'm sure Vietnamese people, for the sake of procuring a kind of deity-like position in that space. And the whole film follows them going to kill Colonel Kurtz, who's trying to attain, who has tried to attain this kind of power. So as the film kind of demonstrates it, it is just a matter of the United States and the Americans feeling as though the war was something that was that was almost just. But the film is almost like a clownish representation of that. For those that aren't entirely familiar, there are these kind of strange uh, moments in which people seem to hallucinate almost. There seems to be these dips between reality and fiction or dreamlike states. As well, there are these really quirky characters that they encounter. Plus, they just anyone they encounter there seems to be undergoing some kind of like mental crisis and are in need of like serious help. And so in that, there's almost like this strange recognition that the war itself was just this kind of like playground for Americans to engage in their own like psychotropic dreams and fantasies, not necessarily to enact any kind of foreign policy per se. And this is certainly one of the difficulties when we look at this film, especially in relation to Baudrillard's work, in that we don't really know what it's trying to tell us. Uh, on the one hand, it appears to be a kind of moral pointing towards like uh, American foreign policy being a good thing, but on the other hand, it's also this strange condemnation of the state of war. Now, Baudrillard is very attentive to this kind of ambiguity, and he says that that is very much similar to what the Vietnam War itself was all about. What we have is just this very morally ambiguous display of so-called capitalism versus communism that really didn't serve any direct instrumental purpose other than to impose a certain global order upon Vietnam. And so the real kicker, at least for me, is that Baudrillard says that while America might have pulled out of the war and lost, at least in terms of popular opinion, he says that they were very effective at winning the battle for global order. That is, they only pulled out at the point when the Vietnamese were prepared to adopt their own kind of military regime that could then take on the kind of guerrilla warfare that they were the United States was fighting against. Because that kind of warfare was something they didn't like. It was off the grid, it couldn't be mapped out, statistically planned, plotted, and so once that was kind of conjured away, then the United States was like, well, our job is actually kind of secretly done here. It doesn't really matter, this capitalism, communism thing. It's all, who cares, this water under the bridge. What we want is to impose this kind of subtle order so that we could keep track of what's going on in terms of Vietnam's military power. Now, of course, the kind of historical contingencies here are innumerable, and Baudrillard just completely glosses over all of them, just ignores them completely to put forward his own theory. But in any case, it's just one of many, and I think that it's an important one to retain. Now, in terms of my own thing with Apocalypse Now, one of the really interesting elements of the film is that this small crew of military personnel going from through Vietnam into Cambodia uh, and maybe Laos at some point, I can't really remember, but during that whole progression, 
they themselves never actually seem to have a direct altercation with the enemy. Now, I want to add a little asterisk here and say like, well, yes, they are around other people engaging in these kind of military demonstrations in killings of so-called Viet Cong or the enemy, quote unquote, so to speak, but they themselves only ever, at least for the viewer, kill civilians. And it's a very interesting dynamic here, and it really speaks to a sort of truth of the Vietnam War being this absolutely heinous display of military aggression against another relatively peaceful country at the time that was just being bombarded by, you know, Russian, <laughs> Russian troops, French troops, American troops, all at once, essentially, and was kind of caught in this, in this terrible situation. So the fact that there are no enemies kind of present throughout the course of the film that these, uh, the central characters come in contact with and engage with speaks to a kind of exorcism of even enemies themselves, reaching a point at which, you know, it's not really about enemies. It's really about American military power imposing itself to such an extent that its only fear is against the non-enemy, the thing that can't proper be, properly be understood, can't properly be mapped, can't properly be kind of consumed or absorbed into the American globalized machine. And this is why Colonel Kurtz, the rogue soldier, poses such a threat to them, because it's almost like an embarrassment that one of their own, to them, would not abide by the same kind of logic, that would not submit to that same kind of logic. So beyond everything else, it wasn't about this war. It was about conjuring away any kind of aberration to the project of this global order. Hence their focus, not on these enemies, because these enemies don't actually seem to be present, but on this one rogue soldier. So at the film's climax, that is spoiler alert, when Captain Willard finally kills Colonel Kurtz, he's presented with the choice either to take Colonel Kurtz's position or to leave and to let the kind of social global order emanate throughout the system and just let it all fall into place. And he chooses to leave. And in that, what we see then is the dissipation of the possibility, at least the symbolic or metaphorical dissipation of, of rogueness, of guerrilla warfare in favor of this kind of ordering principle. And this reveals even more that the war itself had nothing to do, at least as it's presented in Apocalypse Now, had nothing to do with ideological geopolitical affairs between like capitalism and communism or the encroaching upon various territories or anything like that, because of course the United States has no problem with any of that really, because it's conducting it uh, themselves. But in any case, it was the demonstration of American authority imposing itself upon a country that was just trying to govern itself of course there were conflicts, there are conflicts everywhere, but was trying to organize itself in a way that made sense to itself and that scared the United States and so they saw it as their duty to impose themselves on it until they were willing to adopt the same kind of framework that the United States themselves or itself was used to. And this is why Colonel Kurtz posed such a threat because he was exactly what the United States was trying to exercise to try to conjure away. And that is more or less it, at least those are my opinions on it. Uh, I'm not much of a film critic or a film 
uh, theorist. So I'd love to hear anyone else's perspective on it. Uh, or if I got anything wrong, maybe I mischaracterized something. I'd lo love to hear about it. Uh, but yeah, thanks for tuning in. Like, share, subscribe. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, leave five stars if you'd like, or one star if you think I suck, whatever you, whatever you want. Uh, leave a comment. I'd like to read them. And uh, yeah, take care.